Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and you guys, this is going to be a lot of fun. I have with me today Scott File, who's the president of the International Kennel Club of Chicago, and Erica Wyatt, who is the vice president and a whole bunch of other titles. And we are going to talk about the phoenix rising of this iconic kennel club. All right, guys, are you planning your next litter of puppies? Or maybe you just finished your foundation bitch and you're ready to start health testing. Embark, creator of the highest rated dog DNA tests on the market, offers specialized testing just for breeders. And while they're offering a few different tests, only the Embark for Breeders dog DNA kit was made to provide breed relevant disease screening for your purebred dogs. It includes traits testing, such as coat color and body size, DLA diversity testing, breed ancestry, easy-to-download OFA submission reports, and the only genetic coefficient of inbreeding test available. Find out why thousands of breeders have trusted Embark to enhance their breeding program, including me, through screening for breed-specific genetic conditions, understanding traits, and identifying genetic diversity. To save on the most accurate, most comprehensive dog DNA kit, visit EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders and use the code PUREDOGTALK to take $20 off a full-priced Embark for Breeders dog DNA kit. That's EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders and use the code PUREDOGTALK. Welcome, you guys. I am so excited. This is going to be fabulous. We're really Thank excited you. to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Excellent. Okay, so Phoenix Rising is pretty much of a real thing. So I'm going to have you guys give me the 411. What's the background, the history of this club, and how did it happen to rise? And I know you are the people that made that happen. So let's hear it. I'll let Erica start this off. She's usually good at giving us the background, which she calls 80% less words. So she's pretty good at this. <laughs> okay, Erica, you're on. So International Kennel Club was started in 1900. So we're one of the clubs that is more than 100 years old. In 1938, it became, and it changed from Chicago Kennel Club to International Kennel Club of Chicago. And along the way, in the 40s, Lou Oslander and Dorothy Donnelly purchased the club together Eventually, Mr. Oslander bought her out, and Lou Oslander and his wife, Sammy, just built a legacy of this dog show. Everybody remembers McCormick Place in Chicago. I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people come to us at shows and bring us their medallions and give them to us now. But Lou passed away, and his family didn't want to keep the club going. And what year was that, Erica? I couldn't remember. That was one of the dates I couldn't pull. You know what? It was either 2018 or 2019 when Lou passed away. Right, right. I think it was 2018. And his wife had predeceased him. And so I'm a lawyer. And I formerly was the law partner, Lou Oslander's grandson and his daughter-in-law. Oh, my gosh. Talk about serendipity. <laughs> serendipity. A lot of people have been trying to buy the club. You know, originally it was uh, Ken Murray, Scott, and I. 
And so we decided to go in and try to get it together. And the family was really comfortable passing it on to us. So that's how the acquisition happened. Along the way, Ken decided it was a bit too much financial risk for him at this stage of his life. And so Scott and I purchased him out. And it's just Scott and I now who own it. Okay. See, Scott, I want you to talk about this because you and I talked about it off air a few days ago. Why? Why are you putting your pardon me, ass on the line here. (laughs) So I think you hit it right off, Laura, when you said it. This is something, you know, right out of college, I moved to the Chicago area. And, you know, I started when I was a kid showing dogs. It was just the most iconic show to me. You know, there are very few really iconic shows. And a kid growing up on the East Coast, and there, you know, it was Westchester. It was some, you always go to the garden. It was some of those experiences, Tuxedo Park. But when I moved here, I never understood it until you walked across the bridge in McCormick and you come over and you see the giant flag. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now. You see that giant IKC banner that's across there and you walk in there. And as we talk to people, it was that, that emotion that got me. It was that, how do we bring something like that back? Chicago's an amazing city and we've lost our inner city shows. They just don't exist anymore. And so there's just so few of them. And when it went away, to me, it was heartbreaking because it was the chance for me as a purebred enthusiast for almost my entire life to not be able to connect with the public. And I think that's the biggest problem. You know, you used to walk through and you remember, I was talking to Corey Kringberg the other day. He used to have to throw the dogs over his neck to get through the crowds, to get to the rink. And he said, that was just a big pain. But you know what? It was exciting because the people were excited. The energy in the room was like, you couldn't believe it. Yeah. And simply that's why. It's that excitement that is why we're, you know, putting our asses on the line here and putting our financial risk here that's That's tremendous just to make sure that we can bring something like this back to one of the greatest cities in the world, as far as I'm concerned. That is amazing. I'm sorry, but that's amazing. That is a dedication to our sport that very few people are in a position to be able to do, you know, even if we want to. So- One of the questions I've gotten already, is it going to be benched? It is not going to be benched this year. And this is 2023 we're talking about. That's correct. The dates of the show at McCormick Place will be August 25th, 26th, and 27th at McCormick Place with the international show being on Saturday the 26th. We will not be benched. We looked really hard at that. We wanted to, this has historically been a huge spectator show. Mm-hmm. You know, throngs of families from Chicago come to this show. Yes. And we wanted an opportunity for the public to become educated, to be able to actually see breeds of dogs, put their hands on breeds, learn about breeds. And we didn't think that in today's climate that venting was the best avenue for that. So instead, we are partnering with AKC and we're holding a full-blown meet the breeds within the show. And I think this will keep the show dogs who have just been groomed and their handlers you know, not being interfered with, and it will give the public the opportunity to come in, see dogs, get information, learn about purpose-bred dogs, and it will be a better experience for both exhibitors and spectators. I love it. Okay, so you're basically taking a page from, say, like the AKC National Championship, where you've got the Meet the Breeds and the dog show simultaneously. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what that makes it so great, in all fairness, is like, we all go to shows. The people that really should be in the Meet the Breed, these really knowledgeable breeders that are out there, it's hard when you're trying to show your dog and it's this totally separate event and you have to travel to that. So you have to give up a weekend of showing in order to go to a Meet the Breeds. And that's hard. It's great that people volunteer, but sometimes you don't get those really knowledgeable people that are able to attend that. 
And that's what we struggle with. I'm currently the president of the Afghan Hound Club of America, and that's another struggle right there. It's trying to get people to go when it's not attached to a show. When your breed numbers have dwindled and there aren't as many people that can do that, how do you get them to staff that booth at Meet the Breeds? So I think it's a great combination of us coming together. But to what Erica said, you know, all of us have been at these bench shows. It's a little easier if it's one of our dogs and we're doing it and we're sitting on the bench all day and we meet and greet people. But it's really hard for a handler that's out there that is trying to get the dog groomed and somebody's trying to grab their dog, play with their dog. We want people to touch our dog. We want people to get a purebred dog. But not for these 30 minutes that I'm getting my dog ready. And they don't understand that because that's when the dog's out. Right. And I can remember one of my most iconic memories, actually, of the old Chicago show. There was always a wire hair pointer specialty. So I would come with a big old bunch of wire hairs. And I had one particular dog this particular year that we called the Walmart greeter. She would actually reach out and grab people as they walked by. (laughs) You know, we put her up Uh on the crate or the grooming table or whatever, you know, we had right in the front. And, you know, the warriors were very comfortable with that. They can be a breed you don't necessarily want a million people coming up on, right? And she was that one. She would, <laughs> it's like this. It was the greatest. That is such a strong, enduring memory of that show for me. Yeah. That's really fun. And a lot of people have that. Erica mentioned that. The day we announced that we had purchased it, I actually had, and I won't mention her name because I didn't ask her before, but a very famous English cocker handler that actually came up and started to cry because she told the story of that was her first show she'd ever been to. And it just meant so much to her that that would come back. You don't see that emotion a lot. It's a dog show. Wins and losses, we get a little emotional, but I'm telling you, this was something that meant something to somebody. And that's what gets us exciting when we're working 16, 18 hours a day to keep this going and everything. Those are the things you have to remember. Absolutely. They really are. Absolutely. And the other piece of it that I really love is that you're taking this historical, iconic venue and club and moving it. So it's that history to the future. And so talk about some of the things, not just the meet the breeds, but some of the other things that you're doing to make this really like what the future of a dog show might look like. All right, Scott, I'm going to answer this one really quick. So um, I have to say that one of the best things about getting involved in this project is Scott, because Scott is a creative genius. So I can say, Scott, you know, we need to think about something for X and he will come back four hours later. and He's got a full blown conceptualized idea in his head that's brilliant that people would love. And so he's just, he's a creative genius and working with him is really fun because of that. But We've got a few things going. We wanted to, number one, I come from Sluggies. I've worked with Sluggies since they were in the Foundation Stock Service, the 19 years of your Foundation Stock Service before full recognition. So I know what it's like to be trying to exhibit a rare breed or a miscellaneous class breed. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do something with an open fill because we want to give people with Foundation Stock Service and miscellaneous class breeds the same opulent stage that the recognized breeds get. So we wanted to do that. We wanted to do something to recognize owner handlers because... There are so many owner handlers out there, and owner handlers deserve to be recognized for the fabulous contribution that they make to the sport. And we wanted to have a special award to recognize a special dog in Chicago at the Chicago Show. And so to that end, I will turn it over to Scott to explain his brain panel, the Chicago Challenge Cup. I really appreciate that. And you'll hear, Eric and I, truly, we do get along fabulously well and we were friends before but not like this like literally the first call in the morning is to each other and the last call at night to this may have our husbands that would rather that not be the case but 
it's, it's kind of scary, but we're dedicated to, and at least we really, honest to God, we get along and the respect that we have going back and forth because we have to battle out some oh, of these yeah. things. But in the end, it's ultimately that we respect each other and can get to that point where it makes sense. So she's very kind to say that it is the creativity part, but she balances it with the reality of it. So she'll bring Good. me back. Reality to- check. Hi, Erica. I'm the reality check. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is. She is definitely the reality check. She pulls it apart. She is the final details to it. So come up with those ideas. But the Chicago Challenge Cup, I think, is something that we're missing in the sport. It's something that gets excited. When we first talked about Orlando, it's not just the dollars that are associated with it. It's a competition that goes beyond. We are one of the few sports that you can count the points throughout the year, but where there are things that you tie in, like the Triple Crown. You know, you start to look at those things. People watch those three races. They're just three races. I mean, there's thousands of races all throughout the year, but you watch those three because they kind of tie together to see if that one underdog is going to be able to do it. Right. So that was kind of the concept behind it is to see how we can tie. We're going to do a winter show as well. Mm -hmm. So we decided we're going to do one in January. And again, people talk about that in history. Lou did in the past have a spring and fall show. Mm -hmm. That's a tradition at IKC. It happened and didn't happen over years, but he did do that. And once we found two great clubs to team with, it made it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. But so the Chicago challenge was to bring that together, to try to bring people to two different areas and really bring the greatest dogs you could find in this country to Chicago. And that's one thing that Ken Murray had said is that what Lou did is Lou said, how do I know I've put on a great show when all the great dogs are there? So how do we do that? And how do we bring them together? So I think this competition really allows that to happen. So in a nutshell, it's all of the winners of the FSS group, of the miscellaneous group, of the owner handled groups, and of the regular groups over the three days in Schaumburg. So if you want any of those groups, any of those three days, you're going to get a certificate that's going to invite you to participate in the semifinals of the Chicago Challenge Cup. Along with this is now our partner on this, the K9 Chronicle, which came in and was very ecstatic to be part of this and thought it was a great idea, was to take through the first part of the year. So through the statistics that come out at the end of May, so January through May for the regular groups. So the top 10 dogs in each of those groups will also receive an invitation to come. And then that will all happen at the August show. Yes. On Friday, we're going to do semifinals. So we're working with our superintendent now, and we're going to do something which is kind of cool. You're going to put an entry in. It's free if you've qualified, and they will randomly split them up into two to three rings. We're working out the details on how many are going to be there. And then we're going to have the semifinalist judges there that are going to pick the final six that will go up on stage at the Airy Crown Theater the night just before the groups on Saturday. Oh my gosh. There will be a secret judge that will come out and that judge will pick the Chicago Challenge Cup winner. Oh my gosh. Airy Crown Theater too. I want to say something about that. So this is yeah. Scott's brain program. Scott said, what if we did the groups and the best in show judging in the Airy Crown Theater? It's never been done mm-hmm. in an art theater ever in the U.S. And I was like, mm, explain to me how that looks because I couldn't picture it. And we actually went down there, and at the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, how come nobody's ever done this before? So we're really excited about that. We're going to have box seats. It's a 4,300-seat theater, and the groups and Best in Show Judging and Chicago Talent Cup Finals will be right there on stage where everybody can see it with screens. It's going to be really spectacular. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> now I've yeah. got goosebumps. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and one year, Lou did use the theater for an awards piece that was done up on stage and stuff. But to do all of the right. groups and best in show and this challenge is just something. It's been a challenge <laughs> yeah. to try to figure it out. Yeah. But to Erica's point, when we were talking with David Fry and he had come out to see the area, he walked into the theater and he looked up and the stage or the union folks, so everybody was there with us. And he looked up and I said, oh, he's going to say, no, this isn't going to work for TV. This isn't going to work for things. And he looked up and his exact quote was, I don't understand why anybody would go to another dog show again after this. Oh. You get goosebumps when you look at it and see. And it's a theater. Right. To Eric's right. point. It's a theater. Every seat, you need to be able to see the stage. Right. So everybody wants to be able to see. So it makes it a great venue to be able to do something like this. Oh, my gosh. And with the Chicago Challenge Cup is that lose history and what international has done is always given back to charity has always done that so instead of giving the full twenty five thousand to the winner twenty thousand will go to the winner and five thousand will go to a charity so there'll be a pre-selected charity we'll pay videos for the entire audience so they can see the three charities before the final six will know what those charities are and they will be asked once they win to pick the charity that will receive five thousand oh my gosh that is super cool yeah, so it's a great ability to give back once again. And that's a very big tradition of the International Council. It's always giving back, giving back. So we want to continue to be able to do that. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, you guys. If you are part of a national breed club in the U.S. or Canada, I need you to listen up. My partners at Trupanion, Medical Insurance for the Life of Your Pet, have just launched a super exciting National Breed Club referral program. I mean, I'm saying, you guys have heard me talk about Trupanion's Breeder Support Program before, and this is what gives you access to a special coverage offer for your litters that waives waiting periods for your puppies when you send them home. Now, you can partner with Trupanion directly to share this incredible free program with the breeders in your club. And the best part? Your club earns sponsorship support in return for every member that joins the program. It's pretty much of a win-win, guys. If you're interested and want to learn more, head to my partner page at puredogtalk.com and click on the link at TruePanny. I think to me, so much of what we're talking about here is what we started talking about. It's the historic iconic to the future. So you're taking what used to be sort of, I'm not going to say provincial, but you know what I'm saying and turning it into an event. And I think, you know, we talk all the time about, we have so many dog shows and all the dogs are spread and they're all 500 dog shows and, and it's these kinds of shows where you get all of those dogs that are the best of the best and run them head to head that make people jittery. And that is cool. Yeah. The other thing about this too is we want to get the public in because you know we're mm-hmm. a shrinking sport, and yes. we want people to have the opportunity to say, "Say click dog demonstration." Say, "Gosh, I could do that, and I could do click dog, or maybe junior handler, and see how a junior handler got started with mm-hmm. their Australian shepherd and how it works on the ranch at home, and get those people excited because you know with the amount of spectators, and this is a huge spectator so sixty thousand spectators historically, and we're aiming for a hundred thousand this year. All the spectators, you know, all these people, these families, this is a wholesome activity. Showing dogs is a family sport. Get them involved. Get them interested. 
what better way than to for different ways to seal the bond with man's best friend? And that's really important to us too. Love it. Love it. Love it. Gotta have it. It's fabulous. And you're doing a whole bunch of other opportunities for people to learn education stuff. I know Pure Dog Talk is going to come. We're going to do a thing. What else? Talk about some of the other stuff you're going to have for exhibitors, for everybody. I'm going to start with judges education because it's a passion of mine. So we are running a full judges education series, both at the winter show and at the summer show, working with a great group of judges on that. And in the winter show, we'll be teaching carriers and we'll have a wild card room. So all the clubs who are doing specialties would have an opportunity to do judges education in the wild card room. In August in Chicago, Scott and I are negotiating how many additional rooms we're going to get right now. So we will know. We'll have announcements on that soon. One for me. Lord knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're on it. So that's one big piece. And then with Meet the Breeds, we're having a lot of demo rings. And so people who want to come in and see an agility demonstration mm-hmm. or an obedience demonstration, a police dog demonstration, search and rescue, a scent discrimination. We're partnering with a local training club who's got a whole string of things to put together for us. That one is in January, and then Meet the Breeze will coordinate the one in August. And then we have dog diving, and Scott is so excited about this, I'm going to let him talk about it. This is the coolest. Yes, go, Scott. <laughs> so we're doing 300,000 square feet in August. That's a lot of square footage for a show. Yeah. But that doesn't even include the big lobby areas. We have all the conference rooms, everything that we have in addition to that 300,000 square feet. But what we're trying to balance, and we keep bringing this up, is it's a balance between the spectators and the exhibitors. We want to make sure it's a great balance. It's a great show for our exhibitors. We're thinking about all those things that we need to do, but we're also giving something that the spectators can see. So how do we balance that? Well, we can't have a dock diving pool right next to a ring where somebody is running around with their Maltese that's going to hear this dog scream and people clap. It doesn't work. So we said, okay, that's one of the things we probably won't be able to have in there. Until we met with our great contractor and the folks down at McCormick, and we found, now that we're not in February, yes. we're able to go outside. Yes. So those are the that didn't even know some of these things I existed. didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> the Lakeside Center. There's a trail that takes you right up the lake to the museum campus. It's beautiful. When Eric and I were there, there were hundreds of kids on a trip walking all around there and having fun. It's a beautiful little area. Lots of grass, the whole thing. But right outside of the show area is a beautiful cover thing. 60 feet tall is this huge roof that comes over the top of you that covers it. We can put the dock diving pool right under there. So everybody can see, even if it rains, you're under there undercover. But the most beautiful thing is there's a gorgeous fountain and Lake Michigan is the backdrop. I mean, talk about your photography right there, man. (laughs) Exactly. There can be nothing more beautiful to see than that be able to do that dock diving right there and be able to have it. So we're working on all the details on it, but we actually were able to find the location, which just thrills us to death. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And dog show tours for spectators and all the good stuff. Oh God. Yeah. So Katie Campbell, she's part of the Seattle Kennel Mm -hmm. Club has jumped in because she's done that in Seattle for years. We kind of call her the queen of tours. She is that. (laughs) Yes. She has joined forces with Dr. Jerry Klein, who is passionate about trying to get people in his city of Chicago involved in dogs. So he's going to do that along with Marianne Brocious, who runs a very large cluster in Michigan. So you talk about three judges Mm -hmm. that are great in our sport, have done a ton, have come together, Mm -hmm. and they're going to put together a program that's different than any other to give tours to people, to really get them engaged, not just to show Mm -hmm. them about the dog show, but get them engaged and interested in getting a purebred dog. 
So I was on a call with them for over an hour and it could have gone on for three more hours. The passion that those three have about that topic yes. with as busy as mm -hmm. they are mm -hmm. to be able to do that mm -hmm. shows that they're really passionate about bringing people back into our sport. Well, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast, purebred dogs are history and they are art. And we who are exhibitors and breeders and judges, we are the curators of the purebred dog. And so to me, I've always thought, particularly the way Katie did the tours at Seattle Kennel Club, it felt like you were a docent and you were being toured through this living history museum. And it's really beautiful. It is. She's amazing. The passion that she has. It's incredible. I really just thought when the idea came up that it would be a you know two minute conversation, maybe we'll do it. the engagement of all of these folks. I mean, Jerry Klein has followed up with this about seven times about it. what he can do next, how he can do this, going to the AKC. What can we hand them? How can we change things? Mm -hmm. So it's just amazing to see how excited people are to participate in these kind of things. I love it. Another thing, too, I should mention about the Erie Crown, going back to that, for exhibitors. We wanted to make this a great school for exhibitors, too. Mm -hmm. Our group winners in the Erie Crown Theater, we get a private dressing room with a private bathroom, a private sofa, seating what? area. What? There to wait with their dogs. And this they're... is even better than Westminster. Come on. I get my own dressing room? <laughs> for heaven's sake. Yep. So they can put their toys, their grooming stuff in there. Their dogs can be private, sequestered from everybody. So we thought that was a great perk for them to wait for the stuff and show judges. That right there is a great reason to go just by itself. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about these things, Laura, I mean, some of these things can't be original because some clubs have done a fabulous job at this. The AKC National Championship, I cannot give them enough credit. The back waiting room where you stage and get ready is so fabulously done. I mean, it really is. And it's beautifully done for the dog. So you're ready for it. It's close to where you're grooming and getting it done. So it's a great spot. So to Erica's point, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want people to have to go to a whole nother building or a whole nother location to be able to show in the group. It's literally right there. And they will have a private elevator that will take every breed winner right downstairs. It is a one minute walk from where you're grooming your dog to the elevator and right down. So it just makes it so easy for them. But along that, I mean, just things like Westminster, like you talked about, they've got so many, the history there. That's what made us really say history is important in our sport and nobody has done it better than Westminster at making sure we understand the history of our sport. So that's something we've really started to embed into everything we've done mm -hmm. is that real great history. While we want to be the future of dog shows, we have to come up with a new way of doing it. We have to be futuristic. And what we're going to do this year is probably different than we're going to do next year as we grow and figure out new ways. Right. But to remember our history is one of the most important things we can do. Yeah, I love it. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. This is amazing. I am super excited. And for my listeners, when I say super excited, I mean super excited. <laughs> Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, you guys have a great day. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you to make sense out of everyday things, to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. The Pure Dog Talk patrons support the work we do here by contributing to our crowdsourcing campaign. In return for their generosity that keeps the MP3s rolling, patrons are invited to a private Facebook community and that's where dog people, all of us together, can share, applaud, and commiserate. We have monthly after-dark gatherings where we can, you know, 
raise a glass and provide a virtual get-together for the entire group. I'm also so, 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 so excited about a very cool new feature that will be for patrons only, making its debut in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout. There will be a chance available to you to sign up for the Pure Pep Talk. Pure Pep Talk is Pure Dog Talk's weekly mentoring message. Quick, upbeat, actionable tips and tools that you can use right now. Sign up today and get a ping tomorrow. Join the best community in purebred dogs. Stop by www.puredogtalk.com. Click the box right there at the top of the page. I might add, PSPS, finally, the first of what will be many curated ebook, audiobook options that is drawn from the Pure Dog Talk archives has, drumroll, hit the cloud. Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs is the perfect compilation for yourself, a friend, your puppy buyers, your kennel club, your 4-H club. Shop the book tab on the website and check it out. Always remember, you guys, your support adds up to a huge voice for purebred dogs. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.